are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You already know who you're listening to. Miller Thomas, the always wonderful and might I add handsome host of this podcast, multimedia journalist and graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles, to my photos, and my graphic design. For today's show, we, we're talking about a bunch of things today. We got a whole bunch of comments to talk about from Tori Lovello and Mike Hazen. And I'm going to tell you the final numbers of this D-back season. We're going to be looking at the final 2020 numbers, courtesy of uh, ArizonaSports.com. They, they're doing the bulk of the work today. They got the comments I'm looking at from their interviews on the Burns and Gambo show, Doug and Wolf. So, Shout out to Arizona Sports today for giving content. But as always, if your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 40, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on dying back to listen to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men on that age range, so if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at lockedondyingbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now, let's first start here, and where do I want to first start with? I think I want to first start with Mike Hazen and his comments. Let's see where they are. His comments right here where he says he doesn't anticipate major overhaul to the team this offseason. He said, I don't, when uh, he was questioned on the Burns and Gambo show about whether this team needs to, you know, retool in this offseason. He said, I don't believe it's major from an overhaul standpoint of the lineup. He said, we have good players. We have good hitters in our lineup. Some of those hitters, we tailed backwards a little bit as a group. So basically, he's saying, uh, we don't have to do much. It's a pretty point-blank statement. We don't have to do much. We have a good team. It's just that our team fell off the map from 2019 to 2020, and he wouldn't be wrong when I go through these numbers later. But I will give you some numbers right now. Ketel Marte, Carson Kelly, and Eduardo Escobar also are major drop-offs in production. And that trio actually lost 652 total points combined off their OPS production from 2019 to 2020. So maybe you don't need a major overhaul, but you got to do something here because uh, this lineup just didn't produce like... It was expected to, and that was a big concern for a lot of people entering the season. A lot of people felt like a lot of these D-backs players just had breakout seasons last year, career years last year, and they didn't feel like it was repeatable, and right now they look like they were right. So maybe you do need to do something in this offseason. He says he doesn't feel like our starting pitching is a problem. He says we got a bit, got off to a bit of a rough start, which I think is a, a huge understatement, but he says he feels pretty good about the starting pitching. Um. I guess me and Mike Hazen watched two different rotations this year. I saw a rotation that outside of Zach Allen and Merrill Kelly, uh, I don't know if those other three guys usually that were starting on the D-backs would even make a minor league roster the way they pitched this season. Robbie Ray was a complete disaster in every pitch. Luke Weaver looked like he should just 
be a middle relief guy, never pitching more than one inning. Madison Bumgarner, if you told me he was a three-time World Series champ, I probably would have not believed you. I, I want to say something more ludicrous, but I held it back. But this rotation, I don't like the way it looks. I, I like, I love Zach Allen. Merrill Kelly, I'm hoping he has a bounce back. He he might miss the start of next season, coming off that thoracic outlet surgery. Uh, hopefully, Bumgarner has a bounce back. He's locked up. Caleb Smith, uh, who we acquired at the deadline, I liked how he looked this season. I thought he looked pretty good. I thought he pitched pretty well. We didn't see the full Caleb Smith because he was working his way back after dealing with COVID earlier in the year, so he was kind of on a pitch limit working his strength back. But I thought he looked pretty good when he did pitch. Luke Weaver, uh, we got too much investment in Luke Weaver for us to give up on him now. So right now, it looks like that'll be probably the starting five for next season. I don't know how good it's going to be. Uh, I want Luke Weaver to be good. I think he does have the potential. We saw it in 2019, but 2020, he just wasn't that guy. Bastin Bumgarner, we know about his pedigree. We know about his resume, but does he still have it left in the tank? And Merrill Kelly... I wrote him off before the start of 2020. I won't do it for 2021, but I, I do think there are some red flags there with his health. I don't I don't know how repeatable this past season was. I, I hope I'm wrong about that because he was so damn good this year. But Zach Allen, I totally believe he's the ace and stud of the staff. So I, I don't know if you need to overhaul this team, but I do think you need to make some moves. And one of those things that... Mike Hazen was talking about is defining Ketel Marte's role this offseason because he seems to be a big linchpin in the offseason plans for the Diamondbacks because Mike Hazen is still not sure what position Ketel Marte should play. They have him as the second baseman right now. That's where he played majority this season, but he played a good amount of games in center field last year. He made 89 starts in center field last season and he can even be played at shortstop, so that that's really Mike Lavello's, not Mike, Mike Lavello, Mike Hazen's biggest question and concern right now, just defining Ketel Marte's role, because once you decide on a position for him, because you can't do the whole, he could play every position thing. It's nice for injuries, but you do need to have, uh, have to decide what position he could play regularly, because if he's your second baseman every day, then that means the D-backs need to go out and inquire in a, a center fielder like a Starling Marte, you know, someone on that level. Or if Ketel Marte is your center fielder, then maybe you rethink who should be playing second base and maybe you try to go out and acquire an all-star second baseman. Maybe you want to move Ketel Marte, do something crazy, move him to shortstop and just try to trade Nick Ahmed for something and try to get an even better second baseman and center fielder. Once Mike Hazen decides what Ketel Marte will do, it will help uh, cement a lot of his and crystallize a lot of his offseason plans uh, for this season. Uh, so we'll see what happens with Ketel Marte. And then just switching gears a little bit to Tori Lovello, uh, Mike Hazen was actually asked all about the, the coaching staff. You know, contracts are up. What does that mean going forward? What does that mean for the future? We know it's a tough season. So what does that mean? For the rest of this coaching staff. And Tori Lovello said this was the toughest season in his D-backs tenure. But Mike Hazen said any of the coaches on the staff is going to be Tori Lovello's decision. So Mike Hazen does decide whether Tori Lovello is fired or not. But the rest of the people on the staff, that's all Tori Lovello. And Tori Lovello said right now, he's just going to be talking to those coaches and have open and candid conversations. No matter what their contract situation is like. So we'll see what kind of, uh, if any of these third base pitching coaches pitching coaches 
are fired at the end of the season. We'll see if the D-back try to overhaul the coaching staff a little bit because I don't know why why something wasn't working this year. And I don't know why the team wasn't working this year. And Dan Bickley put this great article in Arizona Sports. Uh, it was basically based off an interview with Toy Lovello on the Burns and Gambo show. And because... It was a real inter- it was a real interesting conversation between Burns and Gambo and Terry Lavello. They were questioning Lavello why you know all these players who were moved at the deadline why are they all of a sudden seem like they're succeeding? I mean, we all know Jake Lamb looked like one of the worst players in all of baseball with the D backs this season. But with the A's, he's batting two sixty seven. He's got three home runs. He's on the playoff squad. He's actually making meaningful contributions. So Gambo just asked him a question why he thinks that is, and Lavello said. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know exactly what they're doing. I haven't had a chance to talk to any of them. Probably get a chance to sit down with them after the season to get bird's eye view and exactly be able to answer that question. Um, I don't know if you're getting those answers, Lavello. Uh, it is concerning when players leave the team and do better than they are in the D-backs uniform. Maybe it's a change of scenery, but I think that's too simplistic of an answer. I don't know if it's coaching, philosophy. I don't know if it's an environment in Arizona. I don't know what it is. Players should not be looking like the worst versions of themselves in the D-backs uniform. In the D-backs uniform, then all of a sudden are playoff contributors somewhere else. So we need to clean this up. Maybe we do need an overhaul, just not the, the roster, but of the coaching staff, the front office. I'm ready to blow it all up because I don't know what this D-backs team needs to do to get better in 2021. But we'll look at some of the numbers in the second half of this pod. But first... Let me tell you guys about Built Bar because Built Bar is back and more improved than ever before. They have 18 amazing flavors, but six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Built Bars are healthy. They help, they're great for the health conscious guy like me because they help me lose or maintain weight while indulging in the delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber, so it's great for that keto diet. Now, if you go to BuiltBar.com, they have reset their promo code for this relaunch. You get a free Cooler Earth purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN and you'll get $10 off your next order. Promo code LOCKDOWN for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right, all right, all right, let's get back to it, and I'm going to talk about the final numbers of this D-back season, and it it was, you know, these numbers aren't pretty. I don't like doing this to the D-backs team, but we got to look at these final numbers, and we got to see where this D-backs team can improve, because Toy Lovello, you know, he's admitted to this being the toughest season under his tenure. I mean, the, the team was... Uh, was it now? Tory Lavello led the team to three straight seasons over 500 baseball before this year. Even made it to the postseason 2017, and even won NL Manager of the Year. I actually forgot that he won NL Manager of the Year. So he's considered one of the best managers in the sport, and it just didn't work out this season for whatever that may be. It seems like a variety of reasons, but. Let's go through these numbers and see what this D-backs team needs to improve on if they want to get better and actually make the playoffs in 2021. The D-backs pitching staff won 25 of its 60 games this season, which is 25th in baseball. 
Bumgarner won his only game of the year in the season finale, if you could believe that. And he didn't have one quality start the whole season. I believe a quality starts at least six innings and three earned runs. So Bumgarner didn't do that all season. He finished the year with a 1-4 record for his 6-4-8 ERA. And get this, he gave up 30 earned runs on 47 hits. Gave up 13 home runs. He struck out 30 and walked 13. So he walked as many guys as he gave up home runs. And he doubled that number, more than doubled that number in strikeouts. So just awful pitching by Madison Bumgarner on the entire season. And you guys know this. I mean, if you watch any Madison Bumgarner start this year, it was really surprising, honestly. I mean, he looked like a shell of himself compared to San Francisco uh, Bumgarner. We saw a little bit of this last season. He was, you know, arguably coming off his worst season as a pro, but I I would have never expected to see Bumgarner like this, and I hope it gets better for next year. But of the starting pitchers, Gallon was, of course, the leader. He posted nine quality starts in 12 outings, but Gallon didn't get much help from the offense or the bullpen. He only went three and two in those starts where he had a quality start. And Terrell Clark and Merrill Kelly led all Arizona pitchers with three wins apiece, if you could believe that. Merrill Kelly, who didn't play in the second half of the season, led all Arizona pitchers in wins. And he was tied with Taylor Clark, of course, who was an up-and-down guy from the bullpen who was a spot starter. So that tells you about all you need to know about this D-backs pitching and just how this D-back season went this year. D-backs bullpen managed 13 saves in 22 opportunities in 2020. That was good enough for 16th in Major League Baseball. Seven of those saves came from uh, Archie Bradley, who's now with the Cincinnati Reds. Stefan Krein took over for Bradley. He had six saves, actually. He's right now probably my favorite to be the closer next season. I still love Kevin Aginko, but he needs to get back on track. He didn't look good this year. Hector Rondon led the team with seven holds, which is actually pretty surprising considering he's looked pretty bad this year. Hector Rondon was not good this season, and the lever, the, the relievers were mostly behind the eight ball throughout the season, entering a game 74 times with the lead. They entered a game 74 times with the lead compared to 102 times they faced a deficit, but they only entered the game 24 times with a tie game in play. So most of the time when the bullpen came in, they were just trying to keep it close because they were already losing. And you can't, uh, you know, that was a big story just because, you know, there were so many starts with Bumgarner, can't, you know, didn't make it even through five. I mean, through the first couple of weeks of the season, outside Zach Allen, Merrill Kelly, it's like, are any of these guys going to make it through five innings? It, it seemed like Bumgarner, Robbie Ray never... Uh, Bumgarner, Robbie Ray, and Luke Weaver never made it past four innings for like the first month of the season. Like they were so bad. And I know they probably had a couple of starts with five innings under their belt, but they weren't going deep into ball games and they were usually giving up runs early. And that's why you see the bullpen came in 102 times with a deficit and only 74 times with a lead. D-backs turned in one of the worst offensive showings in 2020. The team only had 58 home runs on the season, which was 29th in baseball. They were 19th in RBIs with 255, 18th in runs scored with 269, and they struck out a ton. They struck out the third most in the league with 461. Only the Nationals and the Astros struck out more, and the Astros are in the playoffs, so they're still doing something right. And the Nationals won a World Series just last season, so I think they're feeling okay that they're not doing too great this season. And then the D-backs offense, of course, fell into a bunch of ruts this season, but but the one saving grace that Arizona could do on offense is hit triples for some reason. They were, they were one of the top teams doing that. The third best team, actually, in baseball in triples with 12, 
Rockies had 16, and Giants had 14, so they were the only two teams with more than them. Eduardo Escobar paced the team with three triples, followed by Dalton Varsho, the, the rookie, but Escobar hitting three triples is actually kind of surprising considering he's had, like, no pop this year and just been putrid at the plate, but three triples from Escobar, I guess that's a positive sign. Uh, a bright spot for this D-backs lineup was Christian Walker, of course. He had 18 doubles this season. Good enough for fourth in baseball. He also had seven home runs and seven RBIs. Second on the team, and I think the, the home runs are second on the team, which is really not that much. Seven home runs is really nothing. There's so many. I, I've been looking at so many of these playoff rosters and their stats. Most of these teams have four to five guys with at least seven home runs. Most of these teams have four to five guys with at least eight and some of these teams have four to five guys with double digit home runs and d-backs have like two guys with at least seven home runs so they have not had the power this year but one guy who has had the power is cole calhoun the arizona guy arizona native asu guy has 16 home runs to lead the team 40 ribbies, 28 walks, and a 526 slugging. He really was the best offensive weapon, honestly, on this team. And that's really sad to say. Uh, that's sad to say when Cole Calhoun's your best offensive player. I mean, he's a nice player. Don't get me wrong. He's a big power guy, but he should not be the best player on your team. And then finally, D backs strung, to, strung together losing streaks of at least two games eight times a season. Their worst stretch of the season came when they lost. 18 of 20 games from the 18th, August 18th to September 9th. The worst part, the drop-off in victories happened after the team routed off six straight wins. And that's what that's what it looks like, right? We saw this team win like 11 of 13 games. We saw them cruising. And all of a sudden, the bottom fell out out of nowhere. They were actually in the playoffs at one point. They actually owned one of the wildcard teams. They were like the second-best team in the division. And then they went on that 18 of 20 game losing streak. And everything just fell apart. The season was a disaster. And the D-backs never got back into it. And no one can really put their finger as to why. I mean, we look at the stats and we know what our eyes tell us from looking at as to why. Well, let me say this. We look at the stats. We know why. We, we know that the pitching sucked. We know that the offense sucked. We know that the bullpen sucked. That's why the D-backs weren't winning games. But there's a why to the why. Why did they suck? Why why couldn't Madison Bumgarner be a guy who pitched closer to what he did with the Giants? Why couldn't the lineup and the players, you know, continue the, the offensive breakout that they had in 2019? Why was the bullpen such a big struggle? Why did they always seem to blow leads? There are just so many different questions about this team. We know the stats. We know what our eye test told us, but we don't have the context behind it. So once we can figure that out, maybe we can figure out how to make the play uh, the postseason in 2021. Now that's it for this edition of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned in to today's podcast. It's Friday, so go back and listen to the rest of this week's podcast if you miss any to catch up. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy, y'all. Peace!